3: President Obama had a press conference scheduled not long after the death of Trayvon Martin. And we were in the Oval Office with him right before he went out to deliver his remarks. And he said to us in a very emotional way, there is a reason why the black community is so outraged by this death, because he's walking down the street with Skittles in his own neighborhood. And why is he a threat? And he said, I want you to make sure a reporter asks me about this, even though it's not the topic of the press conference. I want my voice in this.
2: When I think about uh, this boy, uh, I think about my own kids. My main message is, is uh, to the parents of uh, Trayvon Martin. Uh, you know, if I had a son, he'd look
0: like Trayvon. And
3: then after uh, the Georgia... Uh Zimmerman verdict was announced. The fact that he was exonerated um, reinforced the sense that the system isn't fair, that law and order doesn't apply equally. And President Obama went down to the briefing room and again, in a very emotional tone, said,
2: Trayvon Martin could have been me uh, 35 years ago. You know, there are very few African American men in this country who haven't had the experience of being followed when they were shopping in a department store that includes me we need to spend some time in thinking about how do we bolster and reinforce our african-american boys.
1: it's quite a revealing video there put out by valerie jarrett yesterday i guess uh, that was the 11-year anniversary of uh, trayvon martin being killed by george zimmerman you can see there in that that video, that they got all the facts wrong. And, and even after Zimmerman's exonerated, they they say the system is rigged. It's flawed. The whole system needs to be brought down. But, but what does it say, too, about the media that they openly admit that That's not even what the press conference was meant to be about. But the dear leader says, this is the question I want for them to ask me. And a C-SPAN reporter was quite happy to oblige. He was quite happy to give the dear leader what he wanted. And so he sets him up with the softball question that Obama chose. Obama was asking himself the question because he wanted to insert himself into the discussion about Trayvon Martin. He was just walking down the street with a bag of Skittles. They lied from the beginning. And then they come out 11 years later, and they tell you even more about the lie as they pat themselves on the back. It's unbelievable. You're listening to Stephen Fleury, and this is the Trumpet Daily we appreciate you joining us on yet another week of broadcasting here on our radio station locally in North Edmond. That's KPCG, kpcg.fm, 101 point, uh, what is it? I haven't said it in so long, 101.3 maybe? <laughs> in any event, it's somewhere around there. Also, if you want to get to the live stream at our website, just type in the URL trumpetdaily.com. Very simple, trumpetdaily Dot com. And you can get to the live stream. You can get to the programs that we post after the fact as well. So if you remember, just again to go back to this point about uh, the reporters, just so happy, just so happy to step aside and let Obama establish the narrative. No tough questions for him. I mean, hey, he, he's the one we swooned before. Now, we'll attack the bad orange man for sure. We won't believe anything the bad orange man says. But with Obama, I mean, it was altogether different. And remember what Ben Rhodes had to say about the journalists that the White House dealt with during the Obama years? It was in that New Yorker article, or the New York Times Magazine, the aspiring novelist who became Obama's foreign policy guru. It's from May of 2016. Ben Rhodes. He wrote fiction. And then he became Obama's foreign policy guru. It's perfect, isn't it? He was perfect for the job. And they quote Ben Rhodes in this piece. All these newspapers used to have foreign bureaus, said Rhodes. Now they don't. They call us. The, the newspapers, they call us, the White House, they call us to explain to them what's happening in Moscow and Cairo. So they, they, to get the right narrative, said Ben Rhodes, they call Obama's White House. Says here, most of the outlets are reporting on world events from Washington. The average reporter we talk to is 27 years old and their only reporting experience consists of being around political campaigns. That's a sea change. They literally... Know nothing. They literally know nothing. Ben Rhodes just told them right to their face. You're an idiot. You're useful idiots at that. Here's, here comes CNN running into the, the White House press briefing room. Oh, oh, this is what you want me to ask? Sure, sure. And then Obama says, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. Listen, he was just walking down the road with a bag of Skittles. Never mind the facts of the case. Never mind Zimmerman. Remember how they made Zimmerman out to be a white guy? He was Hispanic. So, from the beginning, and the media, they were complicit on this from the beginning. He was white. He had a gun. He was part of the neighborhood watch. Uh, Trayvon walks in just eating Skittles. Zimmerman, he just gunned him down in cold blood. They lied. They're still lying. They're still lying. Even after the exoneration, the fact that Zimmerman shot him dead in self-defense. He was being attacked. Trayvon Martin attacked him. Trayvon Martin was punching him. Trayvon Martin was straddling him. But none of that, oh, you're not gonna get any of that, not even today. (laughs) <laughs> not even 11 years after the fact. You know, if you're going to make a video, how about if you say, you know, we did, uh, we were quick to, ins- to insert ourselves into that story and we did get some of the facts wrong. None of that. Th- they just continue with the lie. They wanted a race war. And, of course, we were right on this from the very beginning with Barack Obama. The media, they worshipped him. They swooned. As Even as he came in trying to stir up hatred, strife, division at every turn, every turn. This is from America Under Attack, our book. It says here, many people, many people said that electing and re-electing a black man to the most powerful office in the world would solve our nation's racial problems. It did the opposite. It did the opposite. That's because Barack Obama actively fomented those problems. President Obama repeatedly made public remarks on racially charged issues, remarks that increased people's mistrust of the police and eroded faith in the justice system. See, even after he's exonerated Zimmerman, well, then you talk about the justice system. It's racist. It's biased. He said things that were provably false, but that played well to racist radicals. That's from America Under Attack. If you don't have that book, call our operators today. The 800 number if you live in the U.S., Canada, the Caribbean, it's one 930 I'll give you another quote. This is from Great Again. A great companion book to America Under Attack, by the way. And it refers to this incident from February 26, 2012. My father says, once again, the president, <coughs> the president inserted himself into a tense situation. If I had a son, he would look like Trayvon, he said at a White House press conference, that we now know was just a setup. It was just a setup, and the reporters were there to help him get his message out, to, to help him stir up racial strife and division. Oh, yes. Yes says here, later the president used the incident to talk about the difficulties of growing up as a black man in America and how the, the police disproportionately target African Americans. Here is a case where Trayvon targeted Zimmerman, but that doesn't matter. Just make it, flip it on its head and make it fit the narrative. Pure and simple. And then they come out 11 years later and they're, they're still bragging about this? They're still saying that the justice system got it wrong? They're still pretending that he was just walking down the road with Skittles doing nothing? Yeah, that's right. Mr. Armstrong, Herbert Armstrong, he wrote this article back in 1957. It's in The Plain Truth. Inside, it's about, the article itself is about Hungary um, in, in Europe. But he says here, with respect to communists and the way that they think, the way that they operate, the way that they behave, it says here, Stalin always believed, like Hitler, that if you tell the world a lie that is big enough, the world will believe it. The world does not like to believe the truth. That's that's right. Read read Second Timothy 4, the first six verses. Read Isaiah 30. We, we want smooth things. Obama was a smooth talker. And they swooned. Even when the lie was audacious and bold, blatant. Still, they won't. They won't. Call him on the carpet for it. For sure they won't. He's Obama. It says here the world does not like to believe the truth. The communists are the most chronic, experienced, consistent, and dastardly, dastardly liars on earth. These, this is just what communists do they lie. They lie. They're experts at it. it, it, it you could say it's their profession. It says here, it is part of the instruction to all Communist Party members that they are to lie, distort facts, mislead and deceive with all cunning in order to demoralize the enemy. That's what makes this, this video a fascinating look into the minds of the communists, the one that's put out by Valerie Jarrett. Because she's, she's giving, giving us more detail. Yeah, here's that. We rushed to make a statement on it, because Obama felt so strongly about it, and then we just manipulated the press conference to get that message out. It was that important to the dear leader. Here we are, 11 years on, walking down the road with Skittles. It says here, but they are master propagandists and bluffers. They are shrewd, where we are naive and trusting They uh, have been fighting World War III Russian-style against us for years, and we're too simple, gullible, stupid, and naive to recognize that fact. Their number one army is the Communist Party in each non-communist nation. This party is not a political party at all, but a plainclothes army whose weapons are propaganda, lies, deception, sabotage, and every trick and method to undermine us from within. This is this was written in 1957. I mean, it's spot on. You know all about the communist infiltration of the United States of America. The chapter in He Was Right, another one of our brochures. Make sure you, when you call our operators, make sure you get a copy of that one as well. But it says here, to destroy our belief, well, to get us from within, to demoralize us, to sap our economic strength... to, to destroy our belief in God, to degenerate our morals, and to divide us against ourselves as they are succeeding in doing by having subtly started race hatred and the integration movement. I mean, that's 1957. Boy, and I mean, when Obama came in in 2009, he came in with a massive chip on his shoulder, a hatred, a real contempt. For white Americans. They we have racism in our DNA, he said. And then there he was. And that Trayvon Martin wasn't the only incident that he rushed to speak out about. Even when he had all of the facts wrong. No apologies after the fact, certainly no apology eleven years later. We learned that yesterday from the Jarrett video. Still lying. After all these years. What does it say about these people? What does it say about the accuracy of that forecast, that uh, that uh, analysis that Mr. Armstrong gave to us back in 1957? Speaking of lies, you may have heard over the weekend the revelation coming from the Wall Street Journal that, uh, yeah, in fact, the COVID, the COVID came from the lab. It, it did come out of the lab. This according to... The Department of Energy, this is according to the federal government now. So the Department of Energy is in agreement, in agreement with the FBI, which concluded a year or so ago that, yes, it came from the lab. Remember how long they lied about that? They, they targeted people for, as conspiracy theorists who would dare question what Fauci said. Yeah, it came from the market, had to be because of the animals or the way that the Chinese were, were cooking there at that market. You, you know the drill says here, the U.S. Department of Energy has concluded that the COVID pandemic most likely arose from a lab leak, according to a classified intelligence report recently provided to the White House and to Congress. So now the White House knows, and you'll hear what the White House has to say in response to this here in just a second. It says the Energy Department now joins the FBI in saying the virus likely spread via a mishap at a Chinese laboratory. The Energy Department's conclusion is the result of new intelligence and is significant because the agency has considerable scientific expertise and oversees a network of U.S. national laboratories, some of which conduct advanced advanced biological research. So here are the talking heads as they reported on this over the weekend. And concluding this montage, you'll see Jake Sullivan. He's from the White House. And you'll see what he has to say regarding the the Wall Street Journal revelation. Notice clip 5
3: an updated classified intel report saying that the U.S. Department of Energy has assessed that the source of the COVID-19 pandemic likely came from a China lab leak.
1: On China, there's another, there's a report today that another intelligence arm of the U.S. government, this is inside our Energy Department, has joined the FBI in concluding that COVID began with a lab leak in China. If we end up Determining If our intelligence community over time determines this is the majority view and it's the U.S. government's view that this was a lab leak in China and that government covered it up, what should be the consequences? Well, I think we need to have public hearings on this and really dig into it. Think about the nature of these regimes is to lie to the world, and we need to make that clear to people. I think you're definitely right on those public hearings. At a minimum, we need to know what we know and the world needs to know what we know so I mean look I'm not
2: entirely surprised uh the Chinese have mishandled covid at every step of the way uh, trying to sweep it under the rug uh trying to try a strategy of zero covid that utterly failed so for it to come out uh, that the whole thing started because of mismanagement I mean look we need to see whether this is true but if it is, I don't find it surprising at all. But we have to look at our response and why we got it wrong because it's obviously it's going to happen again at some point because China is not going to become more democratic. They're not going to become more open. They're not going to stop doing this kind of research. So what, what did we do? Why was our response so bad? And then also, why did our public health experts go out and say things that, that that turned out to be completely wrong? And then the and then the other big issue that we really need to do some introspection is, is the media. So the media didn't just did downplay this they made fun of people who said this was this was a possibility they dismissed it they canceled people they canceled people over it and they were dead dead wrong why did they do that
3: did the coronavirus pandemic start in a lab is that what you believe now
2: one of the things in that wall street journal report uh, which i can't confirm or deny but i will say the reference to the department of energy president biden specifically requested that the national labs, which are part of the Department of Energy, be brought into this assessment.
1: He, he can't confirm or deny. That's Jake Sullivan, he's the Obama guy there in the White House. Can't confirm it, can't deny it. So all the talking heads say it's not surprising, and we gotta we gotta look at ourselves. how did we get it wrong? How how was this mismanaged, over in that lab? So was, we gotta know so it won't happen again. In fact, it's worse than mismanagement. It, it's it was weaponized. We're talking about biological warfare here. The communists used it to take down Donald Trump, among other things, to lock down the the whole world. Again, so much of this is covered in America Under Attack. It's a message you're just not going to get from anywhere else. But coming back to the media that was touched on there in the montage as well, how do you explain this? The media just lying, making fun of anyone that would dare suggest that it came from the lab, even as one of them said, canceling people for saying it, for dare, for for daring to speak up and say, no, I think it's the lab here. Listen to the media from just two seconds ago, basically. This is clip six.
2: Well, Brett, I'm really sorry that the lab leak has become such a distraction for so many people, okay. but far more likely this was a natural way in which a virus left a bat, maybe traveled through some other species and got the humans, and there was no lab leak involved. But this has been a huge distraction. They tell you that it is much, much more likely that this was a natural evolution from an animal reservoir, likely to a bat, a bat to another intermediate host, To a human, and it's more likely that it's a natural outbreak from an animal reservoir. I don't remember what's in that redacted, but there, I mean, the idea I think is quite far fetched that the Chinese deliberately engineered something so that they could kill themselves as well as other people. Uh, I, I think that's a bit far out, John. We have, Absolutely told, we
3: have been told up and down that anybody who thinks that this was not a zoonotic virus is, is part of some conspiracy theory, doesn't know what they're talking about, right?
2: Again, I think the most likely explanation is still a natural transmission. Why Let's do you be think fair that? here.
3: To assess whether it's more likely that it was a natural occurrence or that it was an, a laboratory accident. What is your sense based on this information of how this happened?
2: You know, The real issue is not, how did this happen? The real issue is, how do we protect ourselves from the next Pandemic. Ask you about is this question
3: about the Wuhan lab. We know that it's been debunked that this virus was man made or modified or anything like that.
1: Right. It's been debunked, she says. Just preaching what the experts told her to say. That's just 2020, 2021, not that long ago. Fauci, Collins, all of them. Let's not get distracted with the Wuhan lab conspiracy. Forget about it. It's become a major distraction, said Collins. And then Fauci and all the emails they've had to turn over because of congressional investigations. It reveals the experts lying, covering up, distorting. It's just like Mr. Armstrong described in that 1957 article. And then the media, rather than hold their feet to the fire, just going along. And then, oh, well, now Wall Street Journal says that it actually did come from a lab. So then they're all reporting. And, well, what about you, Jake Sullivan? Do you think it's now uh, that that it's now uh, something that came from the lab? Well, I can't confirm, can't deny. Listen again to the media from approximately two seconds ago, clip seven.
3: This question about the Wuhan lab, we know that it's been debunked. Those same agencies now have been tapped with investigating one of Trump world's most favorite conspiracy theories. This week, Donald Trump is still pushing the debunked
4: bunkum despite his own intelligence community's findings that that is simply not true.
3: And there is simply no reason to believe that 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 is the case. There is no empirical evidence to verify that.
2: Coming up with a conspiracy theory to try and foment xenophobia. Um, with respect to um, the Chinese, has just as much factual support as taking Clorox. He can't just sit back and let the doctors and the scientists do their jobs. He's got to chime in. He may pick up the conspiracy theory that this was some weapon. People don't keep bats in caps. Complete baloney. We don't need to invoke conspiracy theories. This is just another example of, of the president trying to change the narrative from his own failings. The problem for President Trump is that he's running for re-election, is looking for ways to deflect blame for uh, the performance of the administration. If you look at the evolution of the virus in bats and what's out there now, it's very, very strongly leaning towards this could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulated.
3: So I wanted to ask, are you still confident that it developed naturally?
2: No, actually, I, th- that's the point that I said. No, I'm not convinced uh, about that. I think that we should continue to investigate what went on in China.
1: Forbes magazine had a, a timeline of all the statements from the experts going back to early 2020, early on in the pandemic, Fauci calls for China to shut down its wet markets during an interview with Fox News as many scientists first believed an outdoor live animal market in Wuhan, China was the source of the outbreak. Got to shut down that market. I mean, man, that's that's where it started. This whole thing started at the market. April 17th, 2020, rebuffing then-President Donald Trump, Fauci downplays the possibility of a lab leak, saying the virus mutations are totally consistent with a jump of a species from an animal to a human. It's totally consistent, my opinion. Listen, this is my expert analysis. I have analyzed this disease, and it is totally consistent with what you generally see In coming from an animal to a human. Oh, yes. And then the May 4th one, you saw it there in the montage. He just knew It's not something that's artificially or deliberately uh, manipulated. Couldn't have been. I mean, they're covering. They're not only lying. They're covering for the Communist Party in China. Why? Why would they do that? Well, because they're good soldiers themselves. They're in the plainclothes army for the Communist movement here in America. May 26th, 2021, after making no substantial assertions about the origin of the virus for nearly a, a year, Fauci brushes aside former CDC and prevention director Dr. Robert Redfield's comments about the possibility of a lab leak as just an opinion. He, he, a year later, still, he knew. He knew from the beginning and tried to cover it up. Then Redfield, he, he, uh, he bows out. He says it could have been a lab leak. And, and Fauci, of course, for his part, just casually dismisses it. Where are all of these people today? All the journalists that you saw there in that montage, blotting out, censoring those that would dare suggest it came from a lab. You may have seen the, uh, the clip making the rounds on social media over the weekend. This Hollywood actor who's hosting Saturday Night Live and had a few <laughs> a few straightforward remarks about the covid pandemic vaccine all of it he's talking about this script for a hollywood movie that he's uh, perusing in central park and of course you you you're left with no question about what he's actually referring to here what's interesting about this clip is listen listen to the the audience there's there's virtually no reaction to what he's saying. I think they're sitting up there going, uh, "Is he actually saying this? Uh, can we laugh at something like this?" Listen to I think his name's Woody Harrelson. Clip one.
4: Okay, so the movie goes like this: the biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes, and people can only come out if they take the cartel's drugs and keep taking them over and over. I threw the script away. I mean, who is gonna believe that crazy idea?
1: Who's gonna believe a a crazy script like that? That's a script that we've lived through just in the last three years. That he calls Pfizer and company the big drug cartels, buying off the politicians, buying off the media, and, and locking down civilization, and, and then making you take their drug. So there's, there's the actor giving his monologue. From Saturday night, I mean, the thing that's so interesting about this is the audience that watches Saturday Night Live. I mean, that's more mainstream, that's more left wing. Those are ones, uh, the ones watching that show, are uh, are a lot of them are are good good soldiers in the plain clothes army themselves. So that's not the kind of message that you're typically typically going to hear, uh, certainly not on Saturday Night Live. Here's the reaction from the, the communists in the media, Rolling Stone. Woody Harrelson spreads anti-vax conspiracies during SNL monologue, The Daily Beast. Woody Harrelson spews anti-vax conspiracies in rambling SNL monologue, Huffington Post. Woody Harrelson rambles about weed anti-vaccine conspiracy in SNL monologue. They're all the same. <laughs> They're all the same. Not one bit of actual reporting Just the attack. Woody Harrelson's Saturday Night Live monologue makes COVID conspiracy jokes. That's from Variety, Washington Post. On SNL, Woody Harrelson pushes popular COVID-19 conspiracy theory. Washington Post? Very, Very similar to the Daily Beast, to the Huffington Post, People Magazine. Harrelson sparks controversy by supporting COVID vaccine conspiracy theory. This is the media... The media immediately reporting on the conspiracy theory of Woody Harrelson. Because they know. Because they haven't lied to us at all, have they? Los Angeles Times Woody Harrelson's SNL monologue sparks backlash online. Anti vax nonsense. TMZ Woody Harrelson floats COVID vax conspiracy. And then Forbes, for its part, COVID vaccine conspiracy. It's so predictable, it's so easy to predict. How they react. In the heat of the moment, it's attack, Smear, destroy, censor, blot out. And then if the truth emerges later, George Zimmerman exonerated. Never mind. All that that shows is that we were right. The system is flawed. It's racist through and through, you see. I don't know how far back this goes, but it's an exchange that same actor had with uh, Bill Maher. I think a few years ago. Well, it's obviously during the, the COVID pandemic as he again rails against big pharma and in this case too, big government. This is clip two.
4: The last people I would trust with my health is big pharma And big government, because neither one of those strike me as caring entities.
1: They're all about profit. Exactly. They're all about
4: profit. And both sides know that. And it's obscene the profit they've made. But But that's just it, man. There was only one thing. You know, ivermectin got made into a you know horse tranquilizer. Hydroxychloroquine got uh, made ridiculous, Um, and there was only one thing that could work, and that's the vaccine, right? And so, ultimately, because of that, billions of dollars was
1: made. So there he is. He's, uh, he's not exactly <laughs> the most reputable source with respect to big pharma, big government, but he's, he's dropping a bit of a truth bomb there, for sure. Good for him. My father wrote, this was a year ago, April 2020 again, tomorrow's news today. Philadelphia Trumpet, for two years, he wrote, Speaker Pelosi has stonewalled efforts by the House of Representatives to investigate the government's role in funding the Wuhan Institute of Virology's dangerous research into coronaviruses. Why would Pelosi stonewall that when the Democrats had control? Why would she refuse to let the House investigate the origins and the connections between the Wuhan lab and the NIH? And Fauci and Collins, the CDC. It says here, Pelosi was a critic of China until her husband made some lucrative business deals there. But her current efforts on China's behalf are likely motivated by more than mere financial concerns. My father said, we do not yet know everything there is to know about COVID-19, but the emerging picture makes an absolutely incredible scenario look more and more plausible that American leaders contributed to engineering COVID-19 as a bioweapon to fundamentally transform America. Now, that article, and again, America Under Attack does a lot of this as well, but that, it just takes you through the history, what Obama was up to right at the last part of his, uh, his presidency when he knew Trump was coming in. When he, knew, when he knew Trump was going to unravel so much of his fundamental transformation. And so they attacked him at every stop. The spying, the lying, the persecuting of Trump supporters, the, the illegal investigations, the cover-ups, and yes, using COVID as a bioweapon. Eleven days before Trump took office, Obama reauthorized the type of gain-of-function research he had banned in 2014. Why would he do that just before leaving? All the evidence suggests COVID-19 originated in a lab that the scientific community wanted nothing to do with until Barack Obama, John Holdren, and Anthony Fauci forced their will on everyone else. What was their agenda? Well, their agenda, among other things, was to get Trump, to destroy Trump, to Make sure Trump never had a second term in office. My father says further on, uh, early in the pandemic, scientists such as, well, it lists a bunch of them, coming out saying that, look, I I think there's a good case to be made that it actually came from uh, the lab. But Dr. Collins and Dr. Fauci just dismissed it. They're not true scientists. They're not the real experts. Because they've got a different opinion from us. You who can forget Fauci saying, "I'm science. I'm science." Okay, me, Tony Fauci says here. Collins dismissed the idea of a lab leak as outrageous, outrage. Not not even. I don't think I agree with that. It was outrageous to even suggest it. This is Dr. Collins. This is Fauci's boss. Outrageous, while Fauci said COVID-19 could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulated. Yet both men lacked enough confidence in their proof to allow a scientific debate over the lab leak hypothesis merits. Instead, they worked together to silence dissenting voices. This is the way they operate. Herbert Armstrong, he hit the nail on the head, didn't he, back in 1957. These professional liars. There's a lot of them around. One final quote here. It says, Dozens of government officials knew about what was really happening in Wuhan, but none of them leaked any information to the public. Some may have been too afraid to say anything, knowing how powerful, listen to this, knowing how powerful and vindictive Obama is. But many Obama-era officials were communists themselves, people who wanted to use the coronavirus to justify draconian, unconstitutional lockdowns, and, and of course, to justify overhauling the voting system in the United States, the election system, destroying any any semblance of election integrity. It says here, the timing of all these events is deeply suspicious. Obama's support for the Wuhan Institute of Virology is either the result of incompetence or diabolical treason. The Bible indicates treason. That's, uh, again, some of that content. It's an article from the Trumpet magazine a year ago, April 2022. But there's uh, quite a lot of it in America Under Attack as well. The 800 number, you can see it there on your screen, 1-866-930-3024. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back.
0: The Trumpet Daily. What has happened to the United States of America? The wealthiest, most powerful nation in human history is suddenly divided, weakened, radical. The evil in America has grown powerful, the good has grown weak. The honorable parts of American history are succumbing to a direct, targeted, sustained assault. Someone, something is dismantling America's history, purpose, and character. Fundamentally transforming the United States of America. Political dysfunction, social strife, economic peril, catastrophic moral failure, fires, attacks, riots, lies. The nation is being attacked from within by its own leaders. Powerful elites in government. Journalism, academia, and beyond are intentionally, rapidly destroying what America is, in order to make it into something else. There is a reason why your nation is crumbling before your eyes. There is a spirit and a specific perpetrator that is attempting to blot out America. Only America Under Attack reveals that perpetrator and the motive and spirit behind him. This newly expanded book shows you the reason why America has changed so dramatically, so suddenly. If you're confused and concerned about what is happening to America, request your free copy of America Under Attack by Gerald Flurry at thetrumpet.com. the
4: Trumpet Daily. Speaker Kevin McCarthy is under fire for sharing about 44,000 hours of surveillance camera footage from January 6th with Fox News host Tucker Carlson. Is there something unprecedented about what McCarthy has done here, Dana?
1: Yeah, I mean, day after day, it seems that he breaks uh, uh, precedent after precedent. He's not released it. He's released it specifically uh, to Tucker Carlson, who can edit it and doctor it any uh, which way. Look, I understand why the other media are asking for the same thing. The truth is, this doesn't belong in the public domain for anybody. He is risking uh, the security of himself and of his colleagues, uh, and of the Capitol uh, itself. Dana Moore, this is reckless, it is irresponsible, uh, incomprehensible. Does it belong in the public domain? The public shouldn't see video footage of what happened on January 6th? Why are they they in full-scale meltdown mode over this? Al Sharpton there saying McCarthy's come under fire for this, for releasing footage, video footage? They don't want Tucker to get it because they don't want Tucker to tell the story. They don't want Tucker to report the story. The The narrative's already established as far as they're concerned. They know exactly what went down and you don't need to see. You, John Q. Public, you don't need to see any footage. Just keep your mouth shut and believe us. Here again, how do they operate? Armstrong said the communists are the most chronic, experienced, consistent, and dastardly liars on earth. They just lie as a matter of routine. God has to expose the liars, and he's doing that. He certainly is, but it's more than that. I mean, like I covered in the epistles of Paul just this morning, I mean, we've got to wrap ourselves up in the truth that's our defense. I mean that's our offense as well in so many ways. It says here they have been fighting World War 3 Russian style against us for years and we're too simple, gullible, stupid and naive to recognize the fact. Their number one army is the Communist Party in each non-communist nation. This party is not a political party at all but a plain clothes army whose weapons are propaganda, lies, deception, sabotage, and every trick and method to undermine us from within. I mean, they will use every trick and method in the book to lie to you. Last week they were saying that Donald Trump and his supposed regulations, it caused the train wreck that led to the chemical spill and the nuclear cloud that the government blew up over Palestine. The Washington Post, headline today. So far, Trump's rollback of regulations can't be blamed for Ohio train. I mean, if the, if the Washington Post is now admitting, yeah, that was just a big lie last week. We played the montage for you last week, all the talking heads. Yeah, Trump's fault. Trump's fault. Trump deregulation. He's to blame. If the Washington Post comes out with a headline like this, j- this soon after the big lie regarding the train wreck, then how far removed from reality must uh, Pete Buttigieg and, and Joe Biden and Barack Obama and then their minions in the, in the news media, Joy Reid, Joe Scarborough? They're so far removed from the truth. It makes you think of John 8 and verse 44, where Jesus said about the devil, he's the father of lies and there is no truth in him. No truth, Nothing. This section that I went through this morning, it's from Ephesians 6. It's where Paul says that we've got to put on the whole armor of God. We've got to wrap ourselves up in these these sure pieces of equipment. It says here in verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord. Go to the Father. Go to God in his throne room for strength and power. You look at those last few verses in Isaiah 40, where it says that God will give strength to the weak. He'll empower us. He'll help us. I mean, life is short, and it's given to man once to die, Hebrews 9.27. But we really do want to lead an active, dynamic life in service to God for these few short years that we have in the flesh. Put on the armor. Notice verse 11. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put it all on. That's where the emphasis is here. And Paul goes through all the different pieces of equipment that you're strapping onto your body. He's using the military analogy, the soldier analogy. And he goes through it piece by piece. And, of course, he's elaborating further on this subject. It's something that he, he wrote about years earlier when he addressed the Thessalonians. But he just touched on it briefly. Now, I mean, you could see the fruits of his, his ministry, of his years-long, decades-long struggle against the devil, his adversary. And now he's getting into some detail here. Put on all of it. We're going to need it. Because, look, it's a knockdown, down drag-out fight. Put on all of God's armor that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And notice, describes our spiritual war in the next verse. Verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of, dar- of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. All of this wickedness, it's all over. But notice it says against against the rulers of the darkness of this world rulers the experts the politicians the wealthy the elites the ruling class they're out there spreading so much, so much disinformation so many lies they 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 are skilled at spreading misinformation Every trick in the book, like Mr. Armstrong said in that quote that I gave to you. We've got to do everything that we can to stand, to stand against. I mean, that, that gives you a picture of someone that's standing firm or, or going forward even on the offensive. A pillar, a pillar in God's eyes. Verse 13, it says, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand In the evil day, and having done all to stand, have you done everything, everything possible to stand against the devil and his demon army? That's what Paul is stressing here. You've got got to be willing to do everything. I mean, look, we need the strength of God, that the strength that He'll provide through His Spirit, but we've also got to do our part, and we've got to courageously go forward. We've got, as I covered on Friday's show. I mean, we Paul said I'm not beating at the air. I'm really hitting my target over there. Of course, he's using the uh, the sports analogy, boxing, and so on. Well, to carry on that analogy, or maybe to mix it with this one here, it's like the the prize fighter who will do everything possible to stand against that enemy. You don't want to fall to the canvas. You don't want to get knocked out. You want to stand firm. Verse 14 says, stand, again, stand, therefore, having your loins, having your loins girt about with truth, with truth. So here's the the midsection, the the abdominal section. You're surrounding it with a girdle of truth. You're wrapping yourself up in truth, first first and foremost here. Now, there's plenty else, as he describes It says, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness is just right living. It's obedience to God's laws, obedience to God's truth. You're living right because you are wrapped in truth. You're wrapped in the truth of God. And then that breastplate that covers the vital organs, the lungs, the heart, and so on. We need that plate of protection out front. And you'll notice, by the way, that all of this protection, it's around the front of the body because, again, you're going forward. You're going forward into battle. And so you've got the breastplate, and added to that, I mean, you've got the shield, you've got the sword. We'll get to that in a second. We need all of it. Put on the whole armor of God. That's verse 14. It says, And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel is the good news that Jesus proclaimed, the good news of the soon-coming kingdom of God, which is going to establish peace over all the earth. Have your feet shod with this, with this message of peace. And, of course, feet are crucially important in battle because that's how you advance. That's how you go forward. And this is why God praises feet in Habakkuk 2, in Hebrews 10, and right here as well. Because that's how we run in this race that we're in. That's how we run with this message. That's how we go forward. It says here, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. See, Satan, he sees the, he sees the family of God as massive targets. And, and so, many, so many of God's people, he's already deceived the majority So there's a few left, a faithful few, a little flock that makes each of us a a mighty big target in his eyes. And he's hurling fiery darts at us nonstop. And we need that shield of faith, that shield of faith to fend them all off. Verse 17 says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Here again, truth, God's word. You shall know the truth. The truth, truth shall, shall set you free. John 17, 17 says, Thy word is truth. So here again, I mean, we're just wrapping ourselves in truth. You've got the helmet of salvation. That goes over the head. I mean, the salvation is a process, a, a lifelong process, where you're going through a daily renewal in your mind and repenting toward God every single day, being cleansed and purified. Day in and day out, how important is it to strap on that helmet, to have your mind just immersed into the plan of God as it's working out here below, overcoming our wicked and deceitful nature, living righteously, living according to God's truth, walking by faith, advancing this gospel message, pouring our hearts into the work. That's how you go on the offensive. That's how you fight for God. That's how you claim victories in this spiritual warfare that we're in. Verse 18, it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, in the Spirit and, and, uh, and watching thereunto with all perseverance <clears throat> and supplication for all saints. Praying, praying to God in the Spirit Watching World Events, this program, of course, helps you with that. We've got to be watchful. Other scriptures talk about how vigilant we've got to be in our stand against the devil. James 4, of course, promises us that if we resist against the devil, he'll actually flee from us. Well, it'll be, it'll be the devil that's backpedaling, not us. What a beautiful passage this is, though. To, to think and to think that Paul, while he was writing this, he was he was in jail. Look at verse twenty, I think it is. It says For which I am an ambassador in bonds. Even in jail, he saw himself as an ambassador for Christ. Even in jail, he saw himself as a as a representative of Jesus Christ. What a perspective to have during the during the midst of a, a, of a sore trial. That's a godly perspective. I touched on this a bit last week, but this is the kind of perspective we need in the midst of trial and test. Okay, I'm in jail. I'm in a difficult position right now, but I'm still doing God's work. I'm still serving Christ. I'm still here functioning as his ambassador. And so this is the way I live. So this is what my mind is concentrating on. This is the armor that, I, that I'm putting on myself every day so that I don't get discouraged or, or defeated. He was continuing in his fight, and he asked the brethren in the verses that conclude the book to keep praying for him, that he'd be able to speak with boldness I'll just back up and give you that. Verse 19, it says, And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly and make known the mystery of the gospel. Just pray for me to be able to open my mouth with boldness so that I can preach this glorious gospel that's going to bring peace over all the earth. It's a beautiful, beautiful and hopeful message, for sure, to... Request the literature we plugged on today's show, America Under Attack. Great again. I mentioned he was right as well. The 800 number, one 930 You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show, and we'll see you tomorrow.